the training is where all the focus happens. That's where you start to build your mental strength. I mean, you know, you go through those hard tempo sessions that you have to do on a Saturday, and then that's like three and a half hours. And then on the Sunday, you have to get up and you need to run two hours. That's where the mental preparation starts. And then you get into a race like that, and it's literally just trying to execute your skills in that race. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 17 of the podcast. In this episode, I chat with Justin Olofsson. Justin tells us about his AMAC journey. AMAC is the challenge that involves running four 100 milers in one year. We also talk a bit about how his wife, Lorica, is a huge support in his life. To anyone who knows me, I'm a big romantic and I'm always going to ask these questions. Justin is hands down one of the most disciplined and hardworking people I know. And I hope this will come through as I talk to him in this interview. Here's my chat with Justin. Hi, Justin. Hey, Linda. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Very well, thanks. How's the weather in Bloemfontein? It's actually nice cool weather for a change because it gets flipping hot here. Uh-huh. And it's like dry heat. And it's just been like last week was crazy. I mean, it was like 36 degrees. Um, and most of the running I do is sort of like at midday um, when my last conditioning clients finish. And then, uh, yeah, so I do most of my running when it's like hot and in the heat. So when it's nice cool weather like it is now, I'm absolutely loving it. Eh? <laughs> nice. You're so lucky. Um, I'm at home now. There's a threat of a thunderstorm. And I saw someone just posted on the trail group. They had a thunderstorm on the other side of Joburg. So I think it's on its yeah, way. Joburg gets some really wicked thunderstorms. I mean, there's, it's like proper thunderstorms. Like, I think with all that conduction that happens in the city and that buildup of, of all the lightning and stuff that you guys get around there is quite interesting to watch. Eh? Yeah. Just going to start with... How's Lorica? First of all, how's Lorica doing? She's doing well. <laughs> Is she fine? She's doing well, yeah. She's uh, back on training. She's she's really, yeah, no, Lola's doing well. And she's just a bright, um, bubbly self. So she's she's doing good, hey? Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, so, Justin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Justin? Um, Linda, yeah, I've been uh, involved in the, the, the fitness and uh, health and wellness industry as a bio for about 13 years or so um, and then obviously I'm a I'm an ultra runner and uh, yeah recently I'm sort of just started my coaching career under the mindful runner um, so that's uh, that's basically what what I do um, sort of for work and um, yeah and that's that's basically just a, a little bit of background into that okay and what's your running story when did you start running exactly and what got you started I started running about four years ago. Um, the first event that I did was was the Four Peaks, um, and that's all thanks to my wife, uh, Lorica. She um, she got me into running. Um, I remember when we first started, she'd uh, take me for a four-kilometer run, and I'd be absolutely dead afterwards, and I would just sort of be like, no, this is not for me. And then she entered me into the four peaks and um, yeah, I got through the four peaks and said I was never going to do trail running again. And then I suppose if we look now, I think uh, the rest is all history. 
Yeah. So what is the Four Peaks? The Four Peaks is a, is a very tough mountain race um, that's held sort of in the Mulmanshuk area. It's actually held on a farm called um, uh, Mulmanshuk. It's really, really beautiful there. It's mm-hmm. a very tough mountain race, about 24 kilometers, but it, it's quite intense. It's a, it's a very difficult and challenging race. Um, and to get thrown into that for your first trail run, I think a uh, little bit of a baptism of fire there. Yeah, wow. What sort of elevation are we looking at? Yeah, Linda, if I'm, I think if I'm correct, it's probably at about 1,600 meters plus. Wow. Um, over 24 k. So, yeah, no, it's proper. It, uh, it really opened my eyes to, to, to what mountain running was all about. And then basically since then you just got into running and, hey, you've actually completed Ahmad. And four years it means you're actually pretty much a new runner in terms of running yeah, I, age. I feel quite new and still fresh in the whole um, sort of like ultra running scene. I mean, I started off, I did the, like I said, I did the four peaks, the 24 kilometer, and then I ran a 40K directly after that. And then, yeah, it was the Lesotho Ultra, which was another 50K. And then I did the Drakensberg um, Giants Cup, um, which is part of the UTD event. And then after that, I just jumped straight into a a 100-mile race after that. Um, So, yeah, it it sort of escalated quite fast, um, but I've enjoyed every minute of it. It's it's been a really fun journey in a short space of time. So, yeah, I think four years are still still quite young in my my running journey. Um, So what sort of changes has running brought to your life? Obviously, it seems like um, this is something that you clearly are good at and you enjoy. Dare I say you've discovered that it's actually a, a, a passion. What other changes has running brought to your life overall? Linda, I think it's been a, a complete holistic change um, in my life um, from, a, from a mental point of view. Um, I, I've become a lot mentally stronger as an, ind- as an individual. I think when you're running these kind of races and you're doing these ultras, um, you go through places where you really need to dig deep. And then it becomes a mental game. And out of, out of each race, I've, I've learned something. And I think from the mental side of it, it's definitely made me a lot mentally stronger and, and tougher as a person in general. And um, yeah, you become a lot more resilient, I think. And that's something beautiful about, about ultra running. It teaches you to be resilient. You've got to have that degree of resilience to finish these things. You know, obviously the, the complete lifestyle change. I think, um, you know, I think I've lost about 10 to 12 kilograms in the last I would say the last 18 months where it's been a real focus on just watching what you're eating um, and just making sure that your lifestyle is a lot, is a lot healthier. Um, and also the people that have, that have come into your life have been really positive people. And I think all those little aspects that you throw together really make for a big holistic change and a very positive change overall. So I know you mentioned your wife, Lorica, and I don't know how deep you want to go with this, but I always like to ask personal questions like, where where did you guys meet? (laughs) Uh, We got uh, introduced to one another by somebody who was a client of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, Lola and I sort of got on from day one. Um, There was definitely something special about the two of us. And uh, I always say to Lola that um, 
I love her more than I love ultra running, and I really love ultra running. So that puts you in perspective of, of how I feel. Um, and yeah, she's uh, she's she's the reason that I've 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 basically got into the running, and she's been a massive part of of my life and that journey that I've taken to get to where I am now at the moment. Um, and I look forward to so many adventures with her. Um, and uh, yeah, she's just an amazing person. Okay, so as an outside observer, I, and you can correct me when I say this, I feel like, you know, when you're like really good at something, but you have that person in your life that makes you so much better. I feel like Lorica is that person for you. Definitely. Um, Linda, she's, I, I think in any, anything in life, um, but I think if we, we're going to specify to running in particular, you definitely do need that shoulder that you can lean on. Um, I think it's important to have that partner in your life that especially the amount of time and the amount of hours that you have to put in as an, as an ultra runner, you need that person that's going to be the understanding person that's going to encourage you, that's going to say, you know, it's okay if, we, if you need to go out and do your four-hour run, you know, that's, that's what you've got to do and I support you through that. Um, but Lola is also the person that I can talk to. Um, you know, she's very good at, at, work, at working on the mental side of, of my running as well, um, giving her, her background as a, as a counselor and knowing that sort of aspect of, of how she needs to work with me. And uh, yeah, I do tap into that quite often. You know, I'll have questions that I'll ask her or tell her, listen, I'm going through a different, difficult spot in my training. And she'll be there just to give me that, that assurance and that little bit of, of flexibility that you need, you know, that mental flexibility she talks about a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, she's just been an absolute rock for me. And uh, yeah, and, and the understanding has been invaluable from her side. So deeply grateful for that. Okay, awesome. I, I'm a big romantic. Everyone knows I'll ask, how did you meet and all that? <laughs> okay, so. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Linda. Okay, so um, I'm going to go into Amak because this is the, the, the big adventure that happened this year, this year, 2021. So obviously everyone knows what the big fuss is about. It's the 400 milers, which is Addo, Mac, Mac, Ultra Trail, Drakensberg and Karkloof. And I want to know, how are you feeling after the event? Are you mentally recovered? Is there a bit of a slump afterwards? Or how do you feel about the whole achievement? Linda, it's the reality of what happened after Karkloof um, was that Karkloof was the race. I just finished with a Karkloof. Mm-hmm. I managed to get over the line with a silver buckle, which I was really pleased about. And then only after that, about a day or two after that, it was like, okay, hang on, but you've just, you've achieved the, the amok, you've just finished it. Um, so you're on a high for a certain amount of time and then your brain starts to shift immediately depending on how goal-directed you are to, okay, what, what's, what's going to come next? Yeah. So I think mentally, if you need to move on from it, um, the mental side of it, I'm definitely recovered. Mm-hmm. I think I'm mentally stronger after it, most definitely. And I see that as being something that you can put into your armory when you go into the, your next 100-miler or into your next ultra event. And the yeah. truth is you, you've got to move on from these successes 
um, because that becomes in the past and you've got to enjoy it. Um, it's something that happened, but you've got to move on if you've got goals that you have for the years coming ahead. Um, but yeah, no, from a mental side, I'm, I'm ready to go again. I'm back into my training. Um, and I think that also helps when you, when you well coached and your body's looked after, um, so that you, you mentally, you know, that you are physically also well conditioned to carry on. And that's a very important component as well. Okay, so that's that's quite interesting because, okay, what I find is after a big event, I don't want to run for a month. I get into a slump. Usually I manage it by planning like a vacation or holiday or something afterwards. But if you had to give tips to someone who's achieved a great event, like what you've done, like you said, is move on quickly to the next thing. And what other tips can you give? Well, I definitely think that you should enjoy the moment that you have because you've worked so hard for it. So, you know, don't take away from what you've achieved, Mm -hmm. but also to remember that it's a building block for what's to come next. So after each race that you run, you become stronger. So you've got to build on that and not wait too long afterwards to set your next goal. So if you finished an event and you've done well or things haven't got according to plan, don't leave it too long before you start planning for the next one. Because it's, I find that it's that period that you take too long in between events when things can go wrong. You've got to sort of just zone in on what you want to do and uh, yeah, enjoy the achievement, take that positivity with you, and then yeah, move on to the next thing and start your goal planning um, sort of soon after that. Mm-hmm. Um, don't wait too long before you start planning and, and moving on with your, with your running. Because at the end of the day, you must invest in the process of running and training and uh, yeah that's going to work definitely into your favor for the events that are coming up so yeah don't look too far ahead but also don't take too long before you start goal setting okay 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 that's that's helpful and then so if you had to tell us about the 400 milers obviously we can't go into detail uh, for each and every one of them but if you could pick from each one of them, what was your highlight and what was maybe a low point of each one? Starting with Addo, what would you say? I really enjoy, um, let's start off with Addo first. Um, I think um, what they do at Addo is create such an incredible um, vibe. What Sheena and um, and Sean do there is just fantastic. I mean, the vibe is fantastic. You feel like a, it's got that family vibe to Addo, which is really special. And that's actually where things kick-started for me was was at Addo. Um, my coach from the Mindful Runner, Fred Richardson, said to me, listen, set yourself a goal at Addo um, that you find is going to be achievable, and then uh, we, we'll take it from there. So it gave me a bit of flexibility going into the race. And then I finished Addo so strong. I mean, that last 20 kilometers um, was probably one of my best finishes. I mean, uh, I ran the last 20 kilometers really strong. Mm-hmm. And I uh, got in, and I think 26 and a half hours, somewhere around there, which was about two hours off what my target time was. And um, so, yeah, I betted my target time by two hours. And then that sort of built confidence, which moved into UTD. And uh, UTD was a very challenging race. Um, that section up at altitude was, was really, really, it was an amazing experience, but it was very challenging as well. So I really embraced that challenge at altitude up in Basutu. And what was nice about that race is from the 80-kilometer mark, I managed to uh, pick up a running buddy 
um, who whose name was Joffy from from Cape Town, yeah. and him and I practically ran for eighty kilometers together, and it was so nice to run with somebody that you sort of felt that you had a bit bit of a connection with this person while you were running. You know, it was we were feeding off each other's energy. When one person was feeling bad, we sort of like uplifted one another. So that sense of friendship that I gained from that was really special. And uh, yeah, finishing UTD in under 30 hours was was great. I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot. And then it was a month and then MacMac happened. And I thought, you know, MacMac, my confidence was up. I was feeling good. And uh, I said to Fred, you know what? I think I must go out at MacMac. And, uh, you know, I've got a long layoff after MacMac into Carcliffe. So, yeah, let me go and, and, and test myself and, and maybe run a bit harder. And then, yeah, things went well at MacMac. Such beautiful scenery and, and such like a party vibe. I mean, what, what Elof and, uh, and Fricky do at MacMac makes you feel like you're going to some other year-end function. It's just like this, this crazy atmosphere that they, they build up there. And, and that was amazing. And then, yeah, MacMac doesn't go 100% according to plan. Um, I had a bit of a navigation error um, sort of around 96Ks, was, which cost me a bit of time. And uh, yeah, that was sort of not ideal. But uh, at the end of the day, I was just beaten by athletes that were a lot more experienced than me. But the whole atmosphere at MacMac and the beauty of the scenery was just incredible. And then obviously, Carcliffe, it's a it's slightly faster race. But being able to earn a silver buckle there, Linda, and test myself my running skills at Carcliffe, that was really, really special. Carcliffe got really hot at stages and uh, it was a tough day out, especially, you know, getting towards the end in the afternoon, it was really hot. But to come in there and, and get the silver buckle off, oh, that, that was a really special moment for me. Yeah. So the silver buckle is the one you get if you finish in under 24 hours. Yes, yeah, that's if you finish a hundred mile in under twenty four hours, then uh, yeah, you get given that uh, that uh, that awesome silver buckle. So, what was your time at Carcliffe? Um, I think it was twenty two hours and some change. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it was uh, close to twenty two hours. Wow, Justin, that's fast, hey! <laughs> wow. Yeah, Linda, I think if you if you look back at these things. Um, and you'll always ask yourself a question is, could you have pushed harder? Could you have run faster? Um, you know, and that's that's where you sort of take yourself with the running. Um, is as you become stronger and, and you become mentally and physically stronger, you, you think back and then think, could I have gone faster? Could I have been stronger? But, you know, there were such incredible athletes at all four of these 100 milers. And, I mean, if you saw the pace that the guys were running at Carcliffe, um, you know, you've got to take your hats off to those people and say they ran an incredible race. I mean, to finish, uh, I mean, the winner coming in in just over 19 hours. Um, I mean, you had, had the female runner uh, or the winner, um, Joe Kepler, coming in there um, also just over the 20-hour mark. I mean, that that's some proper running. And just to be in the mix with athletes like that, oh, it was yeah. absolutely incredible. So mentally, how... <laughs> how do you do it i mean i think about the discipline of just sticking to the plan and running the runs that need to be run of eating the correct food of getting enough sleep and just continuing and finishing the 100 miles i mean what sort of mental tricks or tips can you give us and the audience that you have under your belt Linda, I think the most important thing is, is that all of this starts with your, with your training. 
It starts with every single training session. That's where the magic happens. And I've mentioned it before. I say it to a lot of the runners that I'm coaching as well. And, you know, Fred Richardson sort of imprinted that in my brain, that the training is where all the focus happens. That's where you start to build your mental strength. I mean, you know, you go through those hard tempo sessions that you have to do on a Saturday, and then that's like three and a half hours. And then on the Sunday, you have to get up and you need to run two hours. That's where the mental preparation starts. And then you get into a race like that, and it's literally just trying to execute your skills in that race. So the race is one thing, but the mental preparation starts a long time before the race. When you get into the race, you know, you run a lot of these ultras at the start and you've got a plan and everything, you know, sometimes it goes according to plan, sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, mental side of it starts with your training. And if you hit that start line and you know that you've trained well, then mentally you are going to be stronger. And I also think that the last bits of an ultra, I think you run with your heart mm-hmm. um, as much as what you do with your, with, your, with your mind as well. I mean, your heart and the reason why you run these things uh, gets you over the line. So I think it's a combination of factors. But if it's a tip to anybody out there, start toughening up during your training sessions and you'll hit the start line mentally prepared. Okay. And then I know you've mentioned Fred a couple of times. Fred is also my coach, full disclosure. How how did you meet Fred? And I can clearly see he's made a big difference in your running um, career. And what decision made you decide to go for him? After my first 100 miler that I ran in, I think it was 2019 at Carcliffe, I went into the race completely underprepared. Um, things didn't go according to plan. I think I finished in 32 hours. And I was just, I felt really down and sort of like despondent and At that point, I thought, you know, do I hang up these ultra shoes? I'm not sure if this is for me. But then in the back of my mind, there was something saying that you didn't get the best experience out of this cockleaf. And it was my own fault. It was because I was underprepared. And on the way back, you know, driving back, I said to my wife, I need to work on myself as a runner, but there's more components to this. And I actually don't know what I'm doing. Um, and then, yeah, I just um, I came across Fred from Mindful Runner. I spoke to one of the, the athletes there. I actually spoke to um, Ricky Pinard afterwards. Um, I sent him a Facebook message and I said, um, you know, like I need a coach. And then he said to me, and he has uh, Fred Richardson's number, contact him. And then I contacted Fred and then our journey began. And I always joke and say that Fred and I have what we call a biomechanical relationship I think given my background in, in sort of working with and, and conditioning runners and, and athletes, that him and I sort of got on very well from the start because we understood um, certain things and, and things about the body and how the body moves. So there was a, already a sort of like a connection there. And then, yeah, he just got me onto the right track. And I think Fred saw um, a fighting spirit. Um, and he also says, you know, it's, it's a good thing that, you suffered at Carcliffe because it showed that you can get over the line and you've got that fighting spirit. And uh, he took me on. And uh, yeah, Fred has been, has played a massive part in my, in, in my life as not only just as, as a running coach, but as somebody who's become very much a mentor to me as well. Um, Fred is, is just an amazing human being. And I think where I am today as a runner, a lot of credit, you know, has to go to your coach. You know, sometimes they're the people that work behind the scenes and the athletes are the ones that stand up there with the medals. 
Um, but these coaches put in a, a lot of time and a lot of effort. It's just been an absolute privilege having Fred, yeah, as a coach. It's it's he's been he's been had a massive role in in my life as well. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm very grateful for that. Okay, no, because I know sometimes people think, oh, I can do it on my own, which is fine. But I feel like sometimes getting the right coach can make a whole world of of difference in your running life. Yeah, definitely. I think you you need to have something in 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 common with your coach, and luckily you do because that common ground that you have is running, and a passion for running. So I think along the way you'll discover a certain connection that you have with your coach, and I think a coach has different relationships with with each individual, mm-hmm. and I think it's also a skill as a coach to learn, you know, how to how to work with individuals differently because each runner is is different. Um, so you'll also find when it comes to like programming for runners, you know, you, you sometimes have to, you can't just give everybody the same program. I mean, everybody's different. Um, everybody has different needs. Um, so I, I think you, you do develop different relationships with each individual. And that's what also makes it special because it, it helps you and it teaches you more about people skills and, and how to work with individuals. And that's why we're doing this job as well. You know, when you when you agree and make that commitment to become a coach, you know that you're going to you're there to make a difference in somebody's life. And um, I think that's also really, really special. Obviously, you've alluded to it that you're coaching now and this has been a switch also in your career. Like, what was the thing that made you decide to go for it? And how are you finding coaching? Are you enjoying it? Linda, yeah. I've been so fascinating, fascinated by the whole coaching aspect um, since I started with Fred. I think I was probably the athlete that most asked him the most questions about running. And, you know, I was just so fascinated in, in the physiology behind it, as well as the physical and the whole mental side behind running that I actually just developed a complete passion and my whole mindset to running just changed. And um, yeah, Fred and I sort of, we, we, we worked together and then the whole mindful runner um, journey as a coach sort of started happening through, you know, building a bit of experience myself as a runner and obviously having a bit of background into human movement and, and how the body should move that it, it just sort of came naturally um it was sort of like the next step that i thought just happened naturally and i think that's what's been so special for me as i've i've taken on the coaching in my stride and i've ex- absolutely just been a sponge and learned so much from fred along the way and i think this journey is still young and i think there's going to be some incredible things that are going to come from it and uh, yeah i'm just absolutely loving the coaching and interacting with runners and the individuals and it's it's so special to see somebody do well in a running session or pitch up at a race and to to better their time or to see an improvement on a a 10k time trial or a 5k time trial or you know just running a personal best 21k for instance just gives you so much satisfaction and um like i said it's changing individuals lives and and that's the absolute passion and the draw towards coaching as well for me so uh you i always i always say to myself i need to um what's the word <laughs> i don't know what the word to use this but me as an outside observer looking at you justin i feel like you actually would make a great coach because you're very observant um you notice people 
sometimes we go through the world and people are generally not observant uh, of other people, but I've noticed this about you, that you're very observant and you notice people's personalities, which I think will, will hold you in good stead as a coach, because you'll be able to see your athletes and see their personalities and connect with them at that level. I think the big thing is, Linda, is you, you never know who you can learn from and what you can learn. Um, I've picked up tips on some of the, our mountain running camps on, you know, just tighten this small thing on your pack here, for instance. Um, you know, oh, sorry, for instance, you know, like somebody just giving you a, a small tip like that. And yeah. it's always being open to listening and to learning because you never know what you're going to learn and who you're going to learn it from. And, um, you know, when you start to interact and mix with these top runners and you start to see how they start to do things and you know what you're doing in your training it, it starts to motivate you because it starts to build you as a runner as well so I think yes being observant of what's going on around you I think is one aspect and then you're yeah, showing that that um, that interest in individuals I think is very important and you know the trail running community is, is such an incredible thing to be a part of that you meet such remarkable individuals on the way and then you want to become part of these people's lives and improve what they are doing um, and I think if you've got that kind of mindset then you know that you know wanting to be a coach is definitely something that you should have a look at doing and um, yeah I just I just love seeing the different characters in in ultra running and and how the sport is developing and what it's doing to changing people's lives. And that's why I needed to get involved um, a little bit deeper than just being a runner myself. Okay, that's awesome. So I noticed on Facebook and Instagram, you always post and mention gratefulness and gratitude. Is that like a big value in your life? And how does it play out? Linda, I think you're the values that you have in life are very, very important to take into things like these, these ultras. I value gratitude most definitely because we have the physical ability to be able to do these things. Um, you know, there might be people out there that would love to be runners, um, but they're just not able to do it. So I think being having the gratitude to be able to do what you're doing, I think is extremely important. And that is a, a big driving factor for me. Um, you know, and then there's other values that you have in life. Um, for example, you know, I've, I, I believe in a never-say-die attitude. You know, don't quit, don't die in the chair. You entered for this, you, you've got to get over the line no matter what. So I think the values that you carry into things like an ultra are very important, and that's going to work into your favor if you've got good values. Um, those kind of things work into your favor and will get you over the line, and, and you, will, you will reach success and achieve success out of that. Okay, so I don't know if there's anything else you would like to talk about before we get to the fun part of the podcast. Uh, Linda, I think we've pretty much covered it all. I think I think that's uh, that's a great uh, it's a great bit of info and a, a little bit of of the life of of just being an ultra runner and and a, and a coach at the moment. So let's talk about your favorite race. If there's one race, which race would it be that you would recommend or you would say is your favorite race? That's a difficult question. Um, I think from a personal experience um, and how I felt running that race, I would say that Addo is definitely, I've got such a soft um, spot for Addo. 
because I think that's where my journey really began, where I, I sort of discovered myself as an ultra runner. And yeah, I just felt, you know, like that was that was where the magic started happening for me. So, you know, Addo is a magic place for me. I really love love the whole the whole um, sort of wildness of Addo and the whole atmosphere around that event. Um, so, I would definitely recommend that event to people looking to tackle on a or to tackle a hundred miler or, or any any distance at that event. It will really be worth it and test you. But like I said, I, I really enjoyed all the other the other races, and I think each race in the South African running calendar has got its place. But for me, Addo, I've got a soft spot for that race. Okay, and are there any big racing plans in the coming year? Linda, this year, no. Um, I think after the uh, completing their muck challenge, I just decided um, it's time to, you know, focus on my running and my training specifically to getting a bit stronger. And then, yeah, I'm definitely going to go and race another 100 miler next year. Um, I've definitely got plans um, to do that. And, yeah, I'd like to go and test myself at different distances now as well. I've never run a 100K race, and I would love to go and run a 100K race. So I've skipped a bit of distances between 66 and 100 miles. So <laughs> I'd like to go and race a few of those other distances. And, uh, yeah, I've still got time. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to what's coming up next year. Um, so, yeah, we're going to tackle another 100 miler and then uh, see how things go from there. And here are the fun questions now. So what is the craziest thing you've experienced as a runner or an antidote that only runners would understand? Yeah, Linda, I think um, there's some interesting things that happen on an ultra. The craziest thing that I've ever experienced was when I was running my first Carcliff. I literally fell asleep for like 15 seconds on my feet when I cannot remember what happened in those 15 seconds. Um, Lola was pacing me at the time and I had no idea what happened in that in that 15 seconds. I was climbing, but I was like fast asleep. So I think the sleep monsters, I mean, they they're real. I mean, they come and catch you in the night if you're not well prepared for a hundred miler. I think they'll come and come and bite you a little bit. And that was that was the craziest thing that's happened to me. I was climbing and yeah. I literally fell asleep, but I was still moving because I moved. I was still moving forward. And then I sort of like woke up and I was like, where am I? And then Whoa. Lola was like, you're moving uphill. And it was the craziest experience I have ever had. And I just want to say, I don't want to have that experience again. So yeah, I'd rather train hard. Thanks. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. What about a book recommendation? It can be running related or just any book. Linda, I'll be honest. I'm not a big reader. What I do like to read is articles every once in a while, um, sort of like running articles on, you know, the latest science behind running and stuff like that. I'm not a big reader. I've, I've, I've got ants in my pants most of the time. Lola also tells me sometimes, can't you just sit still for a bit? Um, <laughs> so for me, it's sort of like I'll read a short article um, sort of here and there. But I enjoy reading, you know, like running specific um, articles. Um, and there's so much interesting stuff out there as well. Um, that you you pick up a lot of a lot of skills and sort of like the new science as I mentioned behind running and and what's going on. So I enjoy looking at stuff like that or reading stuff like that. Um, but <laughs> you know, I'm not a big reader myself, so I, I can't really recommend anything specific. 
Okay, that's okay. And what about a movie or a TV series? Yeah, so here's the thing. Um, Lola also says to me that my movie channel is channel 201 to 210 on the Super Sport <laughs> channel. And uh, she says that's about the limit of where my series goes as well. Um, but yeah, if I had to look at watching a series, um, I enjoy something with a bit of comedy in it. Um, you know, I enjoy a, a good laugh and, you know, like I, I just enjoy a good comedy. So um, a series that I really enjoy, a comedy series, is Schitt's Creek. Um, I find that absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I enjoy a bit of humor. So, yeah, for me, that's uh, – if it's not the Super Sport channel, I, I suppose I'd watch something uh, – that anything that's that's comedy is, is good for me. <laughs> uh, my brother is, is, ex- is almost exactly like you. When you said series, I was about to say, oh, like the ashes, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. So it's the ashes or any series on the sports channel, I'll be watching it. So, yeah, that pretty much sums up that you know, I'm a sport fanatic as well. So, yeah, that's my series channel. <laughs> okay, Justin, uh, where can we find you on social media? I'm on uh, obviously on Facebook and then uh, I'm on Instagram at, at um, Olufsen JV um, on Instagram. And then I'm on most of the, I'm on all the mindful runner platforms as well. So um, most of the stuff is linked into the mindful runner stuff on, on Facebook. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's basically uh, where you're going to find me on social media. Okay. And we'd just like to mention that you are obviously coaching runners in Bloemfontein. So if there's anyone looking for a coach, unless you're already full up. No, look, there'll always be, be time for more runners. We've got to make, make time for, the, for this incredible sport of ours. The more lives and the more runners we can reach with what we are doing, the better. And uh, like I said, uh, we here to change lives. And um, I think if at the end of somebody's running career, if you can look back and you can say, that you've had a positive influence on people's lives as runners and you've got people to experience this amazing sport, then it's job done. Thank you very much, Justin. Cool, Linda. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Running Voyager. Here's to a week full of great adventures. Cheers.